2: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 51, and today we're going to be talking about the five-step formula for creating consensus in your relationship. So stay tuned.
2: You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing.
1: Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf. You should know that by now if you've been listening for a while. <clears throat> so great to have you all here. I'm very excited as always about today's podcast, but I really am. You can tell, I hope. Because I've been, uh, talking a lot with couples lately about, uh, creating agreements in the relationship, consensus, shared agreement, all that, and how to get to it. And you know me, I like to break things down and make it really clear. And so today you're going to learn why it's important to create consensus decision-making in your relationship. And and I'm going to explain what that is, what it actually is to do that. And then I'm going to go through my five-step process for making it happen. Because you know me, I'm always about what tools can you take away to actually make it work. So, um, and uh, as a special little bonus, um, a lot of you have been asking for help. Uh, you know, you're driving or you're doing things and it, you know, you really want like a little cheat sheet at the end. And so I'm going to start uh, really making that a habit to create little cheat sheets for you. So today the five-step formula for creating consensus is going to be on um, a little cheat sheet for you that you can get, come to the show notes. This is uh, again, episode 51, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast forward slash episode 51. And you can uh, get, the five step formula that I'm going to talk about today so uh, there you go I'm gonna get better with that since a lot of you've been asking so my pleasure okay so for sure decision making in relationships can be tough right I, I know you all know this it's what happens I think is that the the two individuals in a partnership and I'm and a shout out to all my um uh, gr- uh, partnerships out there that have you know maybe polyamorous or anything else that have more than two people, and uh, for sure there's a lot of folks out there who have who are divorced and maybe there's a new husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever on the other side. So when I talk about <laughs> partnerships, there could be gosh way more than two people. But uh, so I'm I'm aware this works for everybody no matter how you want to do that. So but often what happens is that when people are in some, you know, quandary of some sort, some issue that they don't agree on, that everyone ends up thinking they've lost more than the other person. And I see this all the time. There's th- because, and I say this a lot, but here's another place it shows up. There is absolutely in couples a feeling of someone winning and someone losing. This this is how we're set up. My better half, my other half. I talk about this a lot because I really need you to get how incredibly institutionalized this concept is, especially in American culture, in our relationships. And this is true in other countries too. Just want to shout out to my other countries listening, people from other countries listening. But this is because this idea that there's competition and it's present in really the vast majority of the relationships that I've worked with and known and seen and everything else. I, I, it's certainly, I can struggle with it in my own relationship too. We, I talk about it a lot. And if you want to listen, there's an earlier podcast on why keeping score makes you lose. I'll throw it into the show notes. If you want to come here and, uh, you can get that or you can look, I think it's episode two. It was really early one because it's so important, but basically, I'm on a mission to get people thinking of the relationship as a shared resource, a shared battery. And when you're draining or competing with your partner, you're draining or competing with yourself, and everyone loses. So when you go into these negotiations with your partner, uh, or these, or you know the different people at the table, and. When you go in with this idea that, you know, you want your agenda passed and you have to convince them and and sometimes there's manipulation involved or passive aggressiveness or all kinds of stuff, hostility. And it again, it just really reinforces this idea that you're on two opposite sides and someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And... That's a problem. And really so much of what I see is that people, somebody acquiesces or they decide to meet in the middle or compromise and no one is happy with compromises that I run across because generally, everyone feels like they gave up more than the other person. They feel like they compromised more than the other person. So again, lost, I lost. And there's this underlying resentment, um, again, some passive aggressive stuff usually, just there's some ickiness underneath this thing and sort of waiting for the you know other person to fail so you can say, I told you so. I mean, this is horrible <laughs> in, a, in a relationship to ever want your partner to fail in any way, because again, it means you did it. T- Saying I told you so or doing the I told you so dance or whatever the hell you might do is really such bullshit. I can't even tell you. And it really needs to leave your relationship if you're doing it. I know I'm I'm giving you a verbal spanking for any of you who do this because it's just, you just can't have a love relationship based on this stuff, guys. And by the way, when that happens to you, it's just so demoralizing. You get so resentful and angry. Nobody is happy when this happens. So we really have to get rid of it. Now, so I want to get you on this—you know—new paradigm, new worldview, new way of thinking about everybody being on the same team. You and your partner are on the same team, and so uh, there everything is a we problem. There is no you problem or me problem. Everything is a we problem. And this is true too. If you have an, uh, an ex and you have children, if you have an ex and you don't have children, then, you know, you don't ever have to, I guess, technically see that person again. But if you have children together or maybe any business dealings or anything else, their problems are your problems. They are you, it is cause it's going to affect your kids. So I want you to always think about this sort of, idea of having, again, these shared agreements about things and this consensus. So, uh, and as many of you know, I take most of my cues from the business world. <laughs> it's not a secret for my many years working corporate and, and successful businesses have to run on some sort of consent consensus decision making at at some points in the process I'm not saying one big boss at the end doesn't make final decisions but there is definitely a lot that happens on the way to that and uh, so teams and groups and and even within that boss themselves there's a lot of this consensus decision making so and that's important if you're going to grow and and change, and evolve, and do all those things that has to happen. Uh, This type of decision-making is really important. So, and couples, you need to adopt the same philosophy when you, so when you look up consensus in the dictionary, if you go, if you all go do that right now on your phones or wherever you are, no, don't, just stay with me, just believe me, um, (laughs) you're going to find words like harmony, solidarity, unity, all those words are in the definition. And when you're thinking about uh, having an argument with your partner, I bet money, you don't think of the words harmony, solidarity, or unity. (laughs) And really the true definition means in accordance, in opinion, or feeling. So that you're having some agreement, in opinion or feeling. And this is important because even if you can't get behind the opinion or the thinking of your partner, I want you to get behind their feelings, their feelings. And, you know, the word consensus actually comes from the Latin word con- it's consensus, so, you know, they say it different, which means agreement, right? Which, but that's from the Latin word consentio, which literally means to feel together. I know. To feel together. So if you were thinking that when you went into decision-making with your partner, I think you'd think different. You'd feel different. You'd think different. You would do different things. And what I find is that too often couples are very focused on the facts, (laughs) just the facts. Everybody becomes Joe Friday. I'm aging myself with that. If you don't get it, move on. Uh, (laughs) And they don't talk about the feelings that are involved. A love relationship needs to be first and foremost about feelings. And I hope that's what ultimately your partnership is. I know I talk about business and all kinds of things that I bring in, but at the end of the day, this is a love relationship. And I use these concepts to sort of bring some freshness to relationships and uh, some things that have worked in the outside world because businesses are relationships too. Uh, They're just not necessarily based on love, depending on the business. Mine is, but not everybody's is. in a business, consensus decision-making is a process where it's really something where you have teams, but really two or more people or a team, uh, they get together and they create and agree to support a decision. And it's because it's in the best interest of the team or the group or the company. and It's a common goal they all back. That's what consensus decision-making is. So even if the outcome isn't each person's idea or their favorite like, favorite thing or whatever, they get on board in the end. And that is what I'm going to teach you to do today or talk about doing today. So I will say before I get into my um, five-step process, I do want to say that there's a few important components that are part of consensus decision-making and, that you need to have and you need to think of before you go in. There's three things really. One is that it's fair. Everyone, has equal input into the process and but let me say this they have equal input into the final dis they they don't sorry have equal input into the final decision, and this is key. So everyone has equal input in the process, in the talking, the creating, the, you know, collaboration, all the stuff that goes into it, but not, but someone, there is a boss or a manager or supervisor, someone makes a final decision. Every now and then you have some sort of democratic vote or something, but often in businesses, especially in my experience, there's a person who has that final whatever. Uh, So that's one, it has to be fair. It, it, with this kind of equal input idea. Two, it's collaborative. Each person's input is actively solicited and it's actively valued. So it's not people just trying to say what they say. They're they're, it's collaborative. They're really thinking. So if someone's giving an idea that's different than mine, I'm asking them questions. I want to know more about it. How did you come to this? There's a lot of collaboration that, Whoa. Well, well, do you mean this or do you mean that? What would happen if this happened? Does that feel like that to you? There's There's a lot of that kind of conversation. And then the third piece, which is a part of it, it's cooperative. So it's not about competing for some individual preference it's it's taken on there's there's a, an intention of working together of again uniting that's the intention going in that there's some sort of unity going on so again these are the three things you want to have first and foremost that it's fair it's collaborative and it's cooperative that though and just imagine that when you're going into any kind of um you know, decision-making with your partner. You've got to decide on where the kids are going to go to school, maybe, or what you're going to spend money on, or or where are we going to go on vacation, or whatever. What are we going to do on Saturday? I don't know. Whatever that is, if you thought of just having that up front, that everybody would have equal input, that, you know, both of you, that you'd feel collaborative, you'd want to ask questions, that you were feeling cooperative, just going in with that. And, And I don't want to hear, well, my partner doesn't do that. You know how I feel about that. So you do it. (laughs) Always be who you want to see in your relationship. Always be that person. You just keep coming back to that. Keep coming back to that. That's your job. So, and then obviously make them listen to this podcast. But anyway, so, so having those things, if, if you stop listening now, I think you could probably make better decisions and different decisions than you've been making. Just taking into account that. So, but I'm going to go on to my, my five steps. So, when you find yourself in any kind of, you know, argument, disagreement, uh, it could be a standoff, it could be that relationship gridlock I talk about where everybody's stuck. I want you to use this formula really, because really it's about getting yourselves connecting. Okay. So, getting yourself connecting. So, step one of my five step process is I want you to set an intention to be curious. So, that's number one. You've got to start with setting a conscious, really conscious intention or goal, however you want to look at that, of being curious. Get out of thinking you're right. And instead, I want you to truly wonder what your partner's thinking and what's, and more importantly, what's driving their thoughts and actions. One of my favorite things to do is to listen like I'm wrong. I shouldn't say it's my favorite thing to do. One of the, <laughs> one of the best strategies I use, <laughs> I don't like doing it necessarily, but one of the best strategies I use is when I listen as if I'm wrong. And I don't remember who I stole that from many years ago, that concept, some, something I went to, something I read. Um, but listen like you're wrong. So, the, and this always comes down, you know, those tools I, I say over and over, which is good, same things over and over. This comes down to asking yourself, do you want to be correct or effective? You know, you might think you have the right answer that there's only this one way to do it, but is that effective in getting the outcome you're looking for? Is that really doing the job? So when you listen like you're wrong, it's different. When when you're feeling like you're right, you're going to bulldoze through just to get your agenda passed. And again, people feel resentful, they feel angry, they feel frustrated, and that's where we see either outright hostility, uh passive aggressive tendencies, all that other kind of stuff comes back at you and it's not good. That's not effective as far as I'm concerned. If a close, loving, connected relationship is your goal, which I hope it is, not just, well, I think this should happen with our money or this needs to happen for the kids schooling or whatever. If that's not the only outcome, the only end, then you start to really open up to what else could be true. What else could be possible? Uh, And that, that's a beautiful thing. So effective is having a connected loving partnership and you're going to need to choose what you want. I'm, I'm leaving that up to you. But for me, I choose connection. I choose the love. I choose the peace. And what I found often is that people will have, I've had, gosh, about four couples recently who are arguing about having a real issue about schooling and paying for their kids' schooling. And what it boils down to is basically I'll have one person in the couple who usually kind of comes from a little more money or their parents paid for school or, you know, a certain thing. And the other person maybe comes from a little less money. Um, Parents didn't pay for school. They had to work all the way through, something like that. And some combination of that. And what happens is they have very different ideas often about paying for their kids' college. When I say school, sorry, I mean college. And actually one of these couples is talking about private school for high school, but you get the idea? And so what's happening is the one person in the couple is saying, I, I'm going to start, we're going to pay for college for these kids. Absolutely. They shouldn't come out with loans. I don't want that. I'm putting money away, whatever. And the other person is saying, no, I, I really think it shouldn't be just like they should expect that everything's paid for. They really have to do the work. They have to show up. And anyway, but underneath, it just sounds like one person is saying, no, I don't want to pay for school. And the other person is saying, yes, I do. But when you start to ask questions, when you start to get in there, we're gonna get to my step two in a minute, but when you that starts to happen, there's a whole, there's so many places to go, and what I found over and over is that couples actually agree. There's actually agreement when you get out of the top sort of. You know, like those two poles, yes or no, pay for school or don't there there's just that black and whiteness that really drives couples apart, but if you go a little deeper, you'll actually find a lot of shared value, a lot of the same ideas, and even when you put those two things together, often a better solution than just paying or not paying often something even greater, and I really mean this. I'm not blowing sunshine up anyone's butt out there. This is really what happens so so setting an intention to be curious, to really listening, to really trying to understand what is underneath your, what your partner is saying. Like, why do they want so badly to pay for school? What does it mean to them to not? What does it mean for them to do it? How do they feel about it? You know, really, you, you want more about what's driving them. Okay. And that takes us to step two. So that makes it easy, which is ask questions instead of making statements. I know I say this one a lot, but here I am again. So (laughs) that first reminder, you all know it by now, not to sack your relationship. Don't make suggestions, offer advice or criticize in this or really any conversation with your partner. So instead, again, you're going back to number one, you're going to be curious and which means if you're curious, you ask questions. That's what being curious is. You, you ask collaborative, you know me with the collaborative questions, when with the intention, again, that setting intention of having a better understanding of what your partner wants and needs. So again, what's driving their thinking? What's underneath what they're saying that they want? Now, as usual, you want to try to stay away from those why questions, which tend to put people on the defensive. And we, we really don't want anyone on the defensive here. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: flushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: You definitely don't want to ask, again, well, why, why do you do that? Or why did that happen? Or, you know, the, you don't ever want to sound in- accusing or interrogating or anything like that. And it, And if you start with that intention of truly being curious, you won't come across that way. It's when you start to push your agenda and you're right and you're this way or that way. And I will say this. For some of you out there who have been pushing your agenda, who are maybe control more controlling, shout out to my other control enthusiasts, uh, who are maybe more controlling or other things, um, you might have a harder time because your partner, it, you're kind of set up to fail here. Your partner is going to assume that you're trying to control or do those things. So I'm not, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle in the beginning sometimes as you really lay it out, but you can just say the truth. Hey, I know I've been this way before. I'm really trying to be different. I need you to be with me in this moment of how I'm acting right now. Not what you assume I mean, or you think I am from the past or whatever. I'm really trying to do this differently right now. So say it all out, you know, break, uh, call, call your partner her up on it, you know, really call their attention to it. So again, you're staying away from why questions. So instead, um, what I tend to like are, um, things like, can you tell me more about X? You know, whatever it is that they might've mentioned. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, can you say more about why you feel so strongly about why, about, you know, paying for school or not paying for school? Can you, tell me a little more about your thinking. Um, what did you mean by, you know, you, you said X, whatever that might've been. Uh, what did you mean by that? Can you, can you tell me more about that? Or can you give me an example, um, for whatever they might've just said, can you give me an example around that so I can understand it better? And you, again, you're asking not to sort of paint them in a corner. You're asking because you really want to understand more. And, that's the key, so if your intentions are true, if they're really clear, you just keep coming back to them and keep checking yourself because it's very hard to stay in that if you're used to kind of getting your way and <laughs> bulldozing through. you're going to have to really check yourself during these conversations uh, and make sure that you truly are in the the asking, the true asking and curiosity. um The other thing I find really helpful in this is to think about what the third option is. Uh, What else is an option here? So one option is we pay for college. One option is we don't. What's a third option? And believe it or I know people go, what? What do you you mean? There's no third option. Yes, there are. There's other options, and that's actually usually where you're going to find your collaboration where you're going to find your consensus um well maybe a third option is we pay for they pay for i had a couple do this where they had the their child pay cuz they the one person really wanted to pay for school the mom really wanted to pay for schooling the the dad did not he felt like their um son was not really motivated and was going to waste time so they said to him <laughs> uh, go, you're going to go to school, you're going to pay, and we will reimburse you if you get B's or above. That was their thing. I think B's might've been A's. No, it was B's. As long as you get above a B in whatever class it is, we'll reimburse for that class. We'll reimburse you for whatever that is. That's a great example of a third option, where you are paying, but not right away. (laughs) Uh, And they did agree that they would pay for the living expenses right away. Um, They did come to that, even though the dad was not thrilled but you know again they were sort of working this out together and he was able to get behind it like okay i'm going to try to set him up for as much success as possible and not set him up to fail but this i'm not paying the tuition unless he can come back with it and so part of that necessitated this this kid did have money and savings from um, graduation and things like that. I mean, this, this got decided right before school, but he, he also needed to work all summer to put, get together enough money to pay. And, uh, this, could, it was about going to community college actually, but they really figured it out together and it was a great third option. And it came from asking that question, what's another option that we haven't thought of? Maybe there's a contract they sign. I don't know. There's a million ways you can do this where there's another option that, and when you start thinking of that, that. That's when things start to loosen because when you have those two poles, you know, yes or no, black or white, this way or that way, mine or yours, that's where we get very stuck and that's where we get on that line where the only option seems to be some sort of compromise where everybody's annoyed or losing, right? And instead, when you think of it as a, a triangle, which I've talked about a lot, where you're both moving, not a straight line, we just go back and forth, but a triangle where you're each at a base of the triangle and you're looking up towards that point at the top and you're looking for this higher ground, this, this bigger resolution than the two of you separately. That's generally where the magic truly happens. So there you go. So step one is setting an intention to be curious. Step two is asking questions instead of making statements and really looking for that third idea, the third choice or option that's not either of you alone. Okay. Step three it can be because remember these are feeling conversations and not about the facts we get very involved in the facts <laughs> so if you're feeling frustrated in these conversations and you're feeling them kind of devolve into you know I said this and you said that and all the facts then it's really great to use the I feel statement and the I or the I feel formula and this is not mine this has been around therapy for a hundred years I don't know who originally did it but uh, so what you do is you speak from a feeling place and not a fact actual place when you're stuck and there's a formula to it and it goes, and I've said this before on other podcasts, but I'm going to repeat it here. And I do have a connection quickie on this and I will link to that in the show notes um, so that you guys can, you know, go to the YouTube video and watch me talk about this a little different, but basically it's, I feel when you and I need, okay? So I feel whatever. And you have to put a real feeling in here, not a thought. <laughs> I feel that you should, or I feel like this is all going sideways. That Those are not feelings. Those are actions and thoughts. Instead, I feel mad, glad, angry, overwhelmed, sad, frustrated, resentful, um, overwhelmed, fearful, whatever, a feeling. See how there's a real feeling in there? I feel, whatever the feeling is, And you start with I. You always start with I so that you don't lose your audience. And then you can go to the you, when you. Now, here you need to be as succinct as possible. Don't give a long thing. So it might be, I feel frustrated when you interrupt me when I'm speaking. And then the third part is, and I need whatever that is that you need. And say that succinctly too. Say that shortly too. And I need to slow, you to slow down and listen, or I need to take a a little break. I'm going to go wash my face. I'm going to come back and let's start again, or whatever that is. Now I've shared this before. I don't always know what I need. (laughs) I know I'm the therapist. I'm supposed to know, but I don't, I don't always know what I need in a moment. Sometimes I'm upset and I'm caught up in something. And so you can just do, I feel when you, and you're good. And sticking to that is, is really important. So the, your partner might go, well, well, you need, what about what I need? And blah, 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 you know, and they might take you off on some crazy direction. And your job is to treat this like a mantra. Like you're just coming back to it. Take a breath. I'm saying that I feel anxious and sad when you blow up, and I need us to slow down this conversation or and I need us to pick this up later if this is how it's going to be or and I need whatever you need and if you just stick with that what happens is the other person starts to lose steam it's there because they're unconsciously trying to pull draw you into a fight or an argument which is what's usually more comfortable and it doesn't mean they're cruel or mean or anything else or never going to get it doesn't mean any of that it just means in this moment they're caught and wherever they're caught you get caught too you're not perfect either. So try to have some love and some patience for your partner. Okay. So step one, we were setting an intention to be curious. Step two, we were asking questions instead of making statements. And step three is we are, if we're going to make a statement, we're going to do it around feelings, which is this, you know, if you feel like things are stuck and you need to make a statement at that point, you do it that way. You can also, of course, ask a question when you're feeling stuck. Uh, one of my favorites, if if someone's interrupting me or sort of, or maybe they're being, talking to me loudly or something or argumentatively, um, I might say, "I, how do you think I feel right now as you're saying that to me? And that will usually stop them in their tracks. Well, I don't know, you know, they might do that. <laughs> and again, I'm being curious though, and I'm really setting this intention of being curious. I'm not saying it to to jab at them. I'm really saying it so that hopefully we can get to some, uh, some unified stance here where we're both in our feelings. We're both in the room. We're both trying to be collaborative and cooperative. And so by asking that, it often will pull the covers on people to notice what they're doing. That's frankly, just been on autopilot. And again, I do it too. Sometimes I'm that person who's on autopilot and I'm interrupting and I'm saying the wrong thing and we all do it. No one's perfect. So being called up on it, being pulled up is, is really a loving thing. And again, as long as you do it from a loving place, not from that, Oh, I gotcha now. Uh, okay. So after, if you use the, I feel statement or after asking those questions, the other step four is to communicate relentlessly. If you go into the conversation, this consensus decision-making, whatever this is that you're talking about, thinking, I'm going to communicate no matter what. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to use the I feel formula. I'll go back to being curious and asking more questions. I'll go back to the I feel. You're... All about communicating no matter what. Don't stop communicating. Keep going until there's some sort of better understanding between the two of you. If you can stay with that, if you can truly stay with that collaboration, remember those first few things, the fairness, the really listening like you're wrong, the really inviting in all the different viewpoints. When you do that, it really does open it up. And again, if this was happening at your job, you would not just throw up your hands and say, oh, well, I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't. You would keep driving towards understanding and a shared solution. It's what you would do. You would think of something else, how else can I get to this person, or what else do I need to say to make this happen? You would problem solve. You would think it through. It's because it's our partners and it's so much more charged that we get so pulled in and forget all these, you know, great tools and great ideas that, that Abby lays out in these podcasts. Okay. Step five, last step is really the most important in a lot of ways and uh, usually the one I get the most pushback about. (laughs) So get get ready to be annoyed with me. No, you're not gonna be annoyed. We have an intention of curiosity. Uh, So I would ask you to listen openly. And here's the deal. When you're It's really step one in a way, because what you're going to do when you're coming to some sort of debate about something, let's say the school thing or whatever, what you're going to do is decide on one of you to be the person to make the final decision one of you, just like at a job, one person makes the final decision. 50 people don't make a final decision. One person does. And again, I know sometimes there's a vote and things like that, but you can't have a vote here because there's two of you. It's not going to work. So we're not looking at that. We're looking, it can't be a democracy. And that's what people keep trying for. And it, it doesn't exactly work that way. So what I want you to do is pick one of you to be the decision maker. It shouldn't be the same one all the time um, and I'm loathe for you to keep score. Well, I did it last time. So you do it this time. I really don't love that. I really would ask that you try to, within the two of you, figure out who's best to make this decision on this one, who maybe seems less, um, I don't know, emotional about it or less pulled or something that that's the person you want to make the decision. So you're going to pick one person in the couple who'll be making the final decision in the end, so when everything, when you've done those, all the other steps, when you've collaborated, when you've been curious, when you've set your intention, when you've asked all the questions, you have turned it upside down. Well, tell me more about it. You've listened like you're wrong. You've, you've thought of a third solution, a third option, a third choice, not just the two poles. When you've done all this work and laid it all out, and I'm okay with you taking notes or whatever you got to do, do that. I'm putting it all out there and you've responded to everything. You've asked every question you're going to ask. This is your time. It's not later. It's now. What else do you want to ask? What else do you need to know? What else should be said? That's it. You've said it all. You've done it all. Now, the person you chose in the beginning is going to make the final ruling, the final decision. And then, and this is the most important part, you're both going to commit 100% To getting behind that final outcome, whatever that is, whatever, if, 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 if you both together say, okay, we're going to pay for college now in whatever way you said you were going to do it then everybody gets behind it. And if the kid ends up uh, being a spoiled brat and flunking out or not working hard enough or whatever, you don't go back and say, I told you so. You don't get to come back. You don't get to be passive aggressive about it. You don't get to go, well, you made the decision. So you have to, f- you the one who has to pay the tuition. You don't get to do any of that. You don't bring it up when you guys are having trouble with money or a little, maybe a little tight, you know, uh, money flow issue and say, well, if we weren't paying for school, you know, none of that gets to happen because it is your decision too. You are a hundred percent behind this decision. You fully put in everything you have behind it because you're a team. And at the end of the day, you do what's best for the team, for the organization, which is your family, <laughs> for the, the running of this company that you call, you know, mine is, you know, Medcalf Inc, right? Whatever it is that you're doing, you get behind it. And again, we do this at, at work because when I get a lot of people in the room, let's say, and I'm having everyone come up and everyone says what they say and they argue and they do whatever, but at the end of the day... Everyone has to get behind the decision 100% with total commitment and love and all the goodies. Because if you have a business where then you have people fracturing out and, well, that's all BS and I'm not going to do it. I know he's doing it, but I'm not going to do it. I'll show them. When you have that, as we all know, that business will ultimately fall, fall apart or that person's going to get fired if they get found out, or there's going to be huge resentment and anger among the team and among the participants, and that's what's going to happen in your relationship. So either it's going to end in huge fights, divorce, resentment, anger or whatever. It's going to end in all this stuff. It's not worth it is this a hill you're gonna die on and so you really have to think this through and again if you've really done all this work you generally can come to something that makes sense on some level where you can go okay i love my partner enough to really remember it's about feeling not just thinking feeling consensus is feeling uh i love this person and this is you know i really heard what they're saying and this is something they feel so strongly about and i feel strongly too but they feel stronger And, you know, we've really laid out all the pieces and this was the final decision. And I'll tell you, I have had couples do this many times and I have had, you know, the person who's going to make the decision actually go with what their partner wanted, not what they wanted many times many times. It's very interesting cuz sometimes when we have when we're given the power like that, when we have a choice, we actually make a choice. Instead of feeling railroaded or like it's mine and I have to do it cuz it's me or whatever, uh it really changes again the tenor of everything, the feeling of what's going on, which uh changes what we want to be as the outcome or how attached we feel to outcomes. I've had so many people come to me and go, "You know what? Once I had this kind of choice and we talked Talked, I, I really didn't care as much as I thought. I thought I cared more. I kind of don't. Uh, this isn't as important to me as I thought it was. I'm shocked, but it's not. So there you have it. So In the end, you want to be fair, collaborative, and cooperative going into this consensus decision-making. And then you want to go through your five steps, setting an intention to be curious, asking questions instead of making statements, using the I feel formula for when you you are going to state something because you want to come from feelings, communicating relentlessly, and then one person making the final decision and getting behind it a hundred percent. So There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is my uh, five-step process for creating consensus in your relationship. I hope, as always, that you will share this podcast with anyone you think it could help. As you all know, that's my big goal, to create world peace by everyone having great access to great relationship information. Um, And as I mentioned, you can come to the website, uh, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 51. We're right at the end of season one and you can download your free uh, five-step process for yourself. So you have this as your cliff notes and, uh, and that's it. I want you to go forth and use it well. All right. Thanks everyone. Have an incredible week and I'll see you soon.
2: Thanks for listening to the relationships made easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.